Oh, my wife and I were laughing about some of my mistakes that I've made while preaching. Um, she's getting back at me because my, my brother and I keep an ongoing list of the sayings that our wives um, change and mess around uh, and just kind of, they're funny. And so uh, she was talking to me tonight about some of the ones I've made. And uh, one of the ones I made, I was talking about uh, prayer and how you cannot pray for anything too small, right? And I had heard that Charles Spurgeon prayed over finding his lost car keys. And my, and my wife and I were talking later. She's like, you know, he died in 1892. Well, he was praying over him. You couldn't find him. And <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the mistakes I've made. Um, would you like to hear another one? I, uh, I've, since January, I've been able to preach in a few churches around the area, and I praise the Lord for that. And uh, I, I uh, have referenced the, the house fire for pastor and talked a little bit about the, some of the storms that God brings you through and how sometimes sudden storms come in your life. And so I talked about uh, how... Uh, when we came home that Saturday night, we were over in Illinois at a basketball tournament, heard about the fire. We come home um, that Saturday night, and a few, maybe an hour or two later, uh, Pastor John and Jess, and I think it was Adriana, Leanne, and, and Nate, I think, was there that night. They all cut pile out of the bag, and all, out of the car, and all they have is uh, their clothes, you know, and these bags. And so I, it's a very serious illustration that I'm giving, okay? <laughs> I'm making a point of God's grace. And, uh, and I said, uh, for the first time I said something about it, I said, and there they come with their bags from the Salvation Army. And my wife later, she said, oh, you know, that was okay. You know, Salvation Army helps people, but, you know, it's really the Red Cross bags that they had. And I'm like, oh, that's right, that's right. Well, the next time I preached to Brother Rex, I, I said, it, you know, it's just surreal. It's just absolutely surreal to see them step out of the car, and all they had in their hands were bags from the Swiss Army. <laughs> and in the box, <laughs> I didn't catch it. She was gracious and didn't start laughing in the middle of the message. You know, there, there are, there's little knives in the bottom of these bags, and there was a whole army there that just showed up. But uh, those are the mistakes that we made, so you'll be listening for them tonight. Uh, you might have one soon. If you turn to uh, Deuteronomy tonight, Deuteronomy chapter 31, uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's good to laugh at yourself, isn't it? It is better to laugh at others. Deuteronomy chapter 31. <laughs> uh, it is a privilege to be able to preach God's word. And thank you uh, for uh, coming tonight and being faithful to the Lord's house. Tonight will be a little bit of a lesson, but maybe a little bit more of a, of a preaching sermon. We'll uh, kind of try to strike a balance between the two of those tonight. But in Deuteronomy chapter 31... Just a couple chapters from the end of uh, the writing of Moses, uh, the Lord gives us this in chapter 31 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee. And thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. And the Lord shall do unto them, as he did to Sihon and Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them, 
whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. So in the first six verses of this chapter, this is Moses speaking to all the congregation. And then Moses charges Joshua in the next few verses uh, by himself or to himself and as an individual. Look at verse 7. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord... He it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I'll talk to you this evening about that. Be not dismayed. Father, thank you tonight for your word and your people that are here. Thank you that you are here, where two or three are gathered in our midst. In the midst, there you are in our midst, Lord, and I pray that you would be present tonight. Uh, Lord, all is vain unless the Spirit comes down. And we need your presence tonight. I pray that you'd help me to be an encouragement uh, by speaking your word. You take your word to every heart, apply it as needed, where it's needed. And I pray that you would encourage us through the living word of God tonight. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Moses is 120 years, it says, in verse 2, and he is forbidden by God to pass over the Jordan, and to claim the land. However, he is going to soon pass over to paradise, which is probably going to be a little bit better. But uh, he is passing on and passing uh, the, the command and the leadership of the nation of Israel over. But he, before he does, he has some commands that, that he gives to the people as a whole and to the people, uh, to, to Joshua as, as an individual. I want you to see... This word, we're going to focus on. It's an interesting word in God's, in, in God's word because uh, it's attached to a couple of areas. It's found in verse number 8. Neither, he says, fear not, neither be dismayed. If you uh, run the references, and we won't tonight, it's not in a lot of passages. And, and interestingly enough, dismayed is not found in the New Testament at all. It's an Old Testament word. It means to be disheartened or deprived of courage. It means to be confounded. And you'll see that. I'll show you a couple verses, how those are kind of synonyms. But it means to have lack of courage from danger or difficulty or fear of calamity. Something bad is happening or going to happen. It also has the idea of being laid low. Laid low. Uh Something like a sinking in the spirit. Something that takes you down. Maybe even disabled to perform your duties because you're dismayed. We're going to look at this in the Word of God. Uh, turn, if you would, real quick, just to Isaiah 20, 21. Just a couple of references. This is not at all uh, exhaustive. But in Isaiah, you'll see one of the ways and context in which dismayed is used is in the ministry of the prophets. In the ministry of the prophets, Isaiah chapter 21, 
In verse, verse 1, the burden of the desert of the sea, as whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it cometh from the desert, from a terrible land. A grievous vision is declared unto me, the treacherous dealer dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O Midia. All the sighing thereof have I made to cease. Therefore are my loins filled with pain. Pangs have taken hold upon me. Notice the connection here. As the pangs of a woman that travaileth, I was bowed down at the hearing of it. I was dismayed at the seeing of it. So this burden took Isaiah low, took him down. It's a prophecy about Egypt. It's a prophecy concerning the nation of Ethiopia. And you, you see, so you see that connection of, of being bowed down and made low with dismay. Turn over to chapter 37. We'll stay here in Isaiah for a second. Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 27. We'll find it again. And here is a prayer, an answer to prayer, Hezekiah's prayer. And God sends Isaiah to give him the answer. And Isaiah is praying about the attack of Sennacherib. But in verse number 27, he says this, Therefore their inhabitants, Sennacherib and the kingdom, were of small powder. They were dismayed, see it connected, and confounded. They were as the grass of the field, as the green herb, as the grass on the housetops, and as corn blasted before it be grown up. You see the devastation, the lowering, the the low on the ground, so to speak, the grass. You see that? So it's, it's, it's connected to being down, disheartened, and deprived of courage. If you would, please go back to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And let's, let's con- kind of continue here in the life of Joshua. Moses speaks to all the congregation in the first six verses, and then he gives this counsel to Joshua as the leader. And he tells him, don't... Be dismayed. Notice, it's a command. Do you see that? It's a command. Fear not. In verse 7, he says, be strong and of good courage. Uh, just like all the other commands found in Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, uh, here's a command of God. And interestingly enough, a lot, of the, a lot of the written word that Israel would have heard, it was read publicly, but that was given to them, given to Moses, away in the mountain. Am I right? And then it was read to them. Here, the command of God is given directly to the people via his mouthpiece, his prophet, Moses. And says, here's what I want you to know. You're getting ready to go into the promised land. Don't be dismayed. All right, so they're going to go into the promised land with not only a promise, but a command. Don't allow this to happen. All right? Turn over, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1. And now we're going to see God, the angel of the Lord, comes to Joshua, and gives him the same message. Have you ever been disabled by your duties? I speak a minute to the moms. Have you ever been brought low by a toddler? Dads, have you ever been brought low by a rebellious teenage son or teenage daughter? Have you ever found yourself on the floor, dismayed for something that's happened? Maybe you uh, lost an investment. Maybe you uh, made a mistake as a parent. Maybe a royal mistake. Maybe you've had a lot of uh, or a few marriage issues. 
and you find yourself laid low, down. Maybe this is a season in your life that is a dismay. Joshua 1, the Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, this is reassuring, so I will be with thee, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do it according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? You see the command? God said, listen, Joshua, I am charging you with this command. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God is giving Joshua his own personal charge now. Moses charges the people. Moses charges Joshua in the sight of the people. And now God commands Joshua himself through the angel of the Lord. He says, you're going to lead this nation... And I have some things I want you to know. Number one, I'm going to be with you. Uh, That's encouraging. Verse 5, Joshua is going to take a promise, thank the Lord, into the promised land. He's not just charged to go defeat the enemy, spelled out by name, spelled out by geographical locations. He says, I'm going to be with you, and no one's going to stand before you. You're going to be able to defeat them all. Verse 8 is the first time and the only time that the word success is in the Bible. And it's connected to a book. Amen. So God gives him this command in verse 9. He said, don't don't be afraid. Verse 7, be strong, be very courageous. Verse 8, observe what's in the, meditate, think on this book, do it, and you're going to have a prosperous way, you'll have good success. I commanded you, be strong, be of good courage. Now, in the next two Chapters, chapter 2, 3, 4, three chapters. Uh, uh, here Joshua actually sees God's command come through. He sees success. He, he uh, meets there with the angel of the Lord, and then he comes and sends the spies out into Jericho. They come into Jericho, and they defeat Jericho in the most ridiculous battle plan of all time. The nation walked around, the, 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 the men of war walked around the city six days, one time a day, on the seventh day, seven times. Absolutely ridiculous battle plan. Here is Jericho uh, following through on military uh, uh, 
military precedents by fortifying themselves. That's what everyone did. And here's the nation of Israel looking idiotic by walking around. Why? I think the reason why is a couple of principles. Number one, God wants the tithe. So the first city, that's why he said, don't take anything out of Jericho. All of that stuff is mine. He gets the first. So he, you tithe the first city to me. And in, and in the ridiculousness of how they went against Jericho, God also gets the glory. Because it wasn't their military idea at all. Joshua would have never thought this up. Believe me. The sixth day of walking around with a trumpet is pretty ridiculous. And so God says, hey, I'm going to prove to you that I am God. And I can do anything. And he destroys. He knocks those walls down flat. Pretty cool. Probably over like a moat. And they come right up over the city. He goes right up before them, chapter 6. And they destroy Jericho. How's that, Jericho, for your battle plan? No one ever thought of that, did they? That's God. So chapter 2, 3, 4, he sees success. In chapter 4, 5, 6, he sees success at Jericho. Jordan and Jericho. And then, a two-letter town. Joshua 7. A two-little-letter town. So insignificant was the name that it was considered to be taken with about 3,000 soldiers. It's interesting, in chapter 7, the Bible says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. So the nation is held accountable for what one man did. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, this two-letter town, know-nothing place, which is besides Beth-Avon on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed the country, viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Now look at, look at the battle plan that man comes up with when he's already had success. He's had success ridiculously, but miraculously. And here he says... The men come back, they say, let not all the people go up. But let about two or three thousand. You see what they thought of the city of Ai? Do you see what they thought of themselves? Nah, about two, two or three thousand. I mean, you know, pick whatever you want, Josh. Uh, Twenty-five hundred, maybe. Should be able to do it. Men, uh, and it says about two or three thousand. Men go up and smite Ai. We're just going to swing our swords, and it's going down. And make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. You see their perspective? So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they, this Israel, fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gate, even unto Sarabim and, and smote them in the going down, whereof the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Verse 6 is our passage this evening. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads.
And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say? When Israel turneth their backs before their enemy, for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? In verse 6, we find Joshua responding to the defeat of AI. Success, chapter 2 through 6, chapter 7, defeat. He rents his clothes and lies on the ground and mourns for, till the evening tide and put dust on his head. And notice it says here, he fell upon his face before the ark of the Lord. Do you know what Joshua is here? Dismayed. He's dismayed. He is brought very low. As low as he can go. On the ground, putting dust on his head. I want you to notice verse 7 and 8. Can you, can you go back in your mind and ask yourself this question, listening to Joshua, reading Joshua's ministry with Paul, with, with, with I keep saying Paul, sorry, sorry, with Moses, reading about his ministry and ministering to Moses, do you ever hear Joshua talking this way? Verse 7 and 8. Wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan? Time out. Hasn't Pastor Marshall been preaching about Caleb and who? Specifically Caleb, but who was along with him? Uh, was, not, was it not Joshua who was also ready to go into the land? Here we hear, see him speaking in a way we've never heard him speak before. He's dismayed. Here, the man of God who used to lead Israel, when the walls of Jericho came a-tumbling down, we need to teach our children to flat, right? But they came a-tumbling down, and it's an incredible victory. As Joshua has meditated on the book, he's had success. But now we find him down, sunk in spirit. I want to talk to you this evening just for a few minutes about that, about dismay. Number one, what causes it? What causes dismay? Can we we be Bible believers tonight? I know you are. Is Joshua in disobedience? It's a good question, isn't it? Was he commanded to not be dismayed? He was. Now, I don't know that Joshua knew about Achan, right? They had to uh, filter all the way down from tribe all the way down to Achan. So I don't believe God's blaming him for it. But notice, when Achan sinned, Joshua is dismayed as well. The nation's under judgment of the accur- taking the accursed thing, and Joshua, the leader, is dismayed. And what causes it? Number one, disobedience. In verse one, you find that Achan disobeyed. He, by the way, got the command, just like everyone else did, that Jericho is God's city. And so he personally disobeyed that command himself. 
coveted after and hid and dissimulated and put things under his tent to hide his sin. You know what causes dismay in our life? Disobedience. Sometimes it's our disobedience. Sometimes it's someone else's disobedience. You know, as a parent, it's one thing that you, you learn to do, and that is get up every day, live throughout the day, and go to bed with guilt. You're, you're just guilty all the time, amen? Maybe men are not as much, but they, they, just don't, they hide it better. But part of being a parenting is it's feeling like you're never quite adequate. You didn't do it the right way. Even when you did it, you didn't have the right spirit. And it, it, it's kind of, kind of part of it, right? It's, it's, it's human. It's not spiritual, but it, it is something that we go through. And you could be dismayed by others' disobedience. I know some good men and women of God that are dismayed because of the poor choices their children made. I know a brother who tendered his, his resignation as a pastor because he had a son that went, oh, went off. And the church said, no, 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 we're not going to take that. He's above the age and he is out of your house. We don't take that. You haven't broken a qualification. But it was so dismaying to that man, he actually tendered his resignation as the pastor. And I know there are families here, there are extended family. Disobedience brings it. I want you to see, secondly, in verse 4 and 5, you see defeat. Defeat brings dismay. Here they go out. They, they're excited from what happened at Jericho. Blood is rushing through their veins of seeing God give them success in the promised land. And, uh, wow, they got, got shown up. They got shown up. The fear and the dread of Israel had permeated and infiltrated the city of Jericho in so much that even harlots knew about what Israel was all about. But when it came to Ai, they weren't scared at all. They, the nation was dismayed and was defeated. Defeat can do that. You ever had a, a surprise defeat? You, 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 were, you were going and it came out of nowhere. Have you ever had a, a personal defeat? You, you started out that year and you're reading your Bible. You're walking by the word. Then you are slowly walking by the word and slowly crawling by the word. And then you're taking a little drink out of the water, out of the river by the word. And then you're not, you're not going anywhere by the word. And you have this personal defeat. You put this big goal up there and then you, you uh, don't meet it. You ever had that? Uh, Sudden defeat. A defeat can bring dismay to you. Look at verse 5. Uh, another thing that brings dismay is difficulties. Notice in verse 5, the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them before, before the gate even to Sherebim, and, and smote them at the going down, whereof the hearts, look at this, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Turn, if you would, to Joshua 14. And, and read with me Joshua's historic narrative of what happened in Numbers chapter 13. And this is, excuse me, excuse me Caleb is referencing here, verse, uh, verse 7. And it says, Caleb speaking, For 40 years was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the 
heart of the people melt, but I wholly follow the Lord my God. In Joshua chapter 7, Joshua would have recognized the same effect. Forty years earlier, the people's hearts had melted when the nation was ready, it seemed, to step into the promised land after seven miraculous plagues and seven thing, or other things that happened coming through the Jordan River and seeing uh, victory after victory and the nation of, of Egypt totally destroyed in the river, of seeing a, a, a pillar of fire and a cloud at night, I, I, all these things and manna, and, and yet... They get to the promised land, and an evil report is brought up. And that evil report, by the way, was just people being honest. I'm going to say it again. That evil report was just people being honest. The giants were huge. It's just that Joshua and Caleb looked above the giants, above the mountain, I will lift my eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Caleb and Joshua looked over the giants. Here's what happened. The evil report was, we look like grasshoppers in their sight. Joshua and Caleb saying, God sees the giants as a grasshopper. They look little. They're nothing to him. And so the evil report, though they were being honest with what they saw in the, net, in the land, melted the people's hearts. And Joshua is seeing that effect again here. Defeat. I'll never forget. Uh, the one year, in, I think it was 2013, maybe 14. We were so excited as a family uh, to buy a trailer. I don't know why. I grew up in one. But we were excited to have the boys go camping with us. And so a good brother in the Lord um, found one on Craigslist. You guys remember when they used to have Craigslist? And uh, maybe they still use it, but a lot of marketplace now, right? And so he got online. He said, Brother Marshall, I found a trailer for you and your family. It's over in the Fort Wayne area. Let's go over and look at it. I think it's, I think it's great. So we go over there, and, you know, it's a cash offer scenario. And we walk through the trailer. I think I brought my oldest son, Tim, with us and walked through. I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good deal, you know. They uh, cleaned it up nice and shiny. Looked pretty good. Let's do it. So we hooked it up on the back of this van and we head back. We stopped, got some food. And we're just eating along. My son kind of wormed his way back to the back of his 15 passenger van. And he said, Dad, do trailers normally go up and down like that? I said, Son, 21 years on the road, they go up and down. They bounce along the road. It's going to be fine. Okay. So we come back. We pulled this thing into a brother's little outbuilding and started, you know, wanted to declare our new find. We're ready to start camping. Uh, brother Roger Linhart is a, was a, a great member there at Cornerstone Baptist Church for many years. He comes over. He steps into the trailer, and he's like, oh, <laughs> this is great. He laughed all the time and kind of stepped on it. <laughs> What's going on? And I said, we're, we're going to camp. That's what's going on. We're going to camp. He's like, well, let me check this out. And he goes underneath. He opens up a cabinet. He's like, well, what's this? I'm like, I don't know. It's, a, it's under a cabinet. He's like, why is this fresh linoleum been glued down on the floor? So he pulls it up, completely waterlogged in the front eighth corner of that trailer. And Roger starts laughing. At me, but at Terry, who helped me find the trailer. 
He's like, Terry, how could you buy this trailer? Did you not feel the floor? And I, I was dismayed. <laughs> I had just been taken uh, in an incredible deal. I got a steal, cash only. I wanted to drive that thing back to that guy right then. Thank God. Should I give you the end of the story? Okay, no, okay. We drove it into the pond. No, we, we were able to cut it back, and we scabbed in these new braces and stuff, and, and God was good. We fixed it up, and we used it for a few years. But I, there's nothing like being taken. Am I right? Have you ever been taken by someone? It, it makes you, it, you lose heart. Sometimes your heart, depending on what it is, can be complete, completely melted. Defeat. Difficulties. Uh, look at verse 7. Here's, here's Joshua speaking out of turn, not like him, O Lord God. Wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan? Now, wait a minute. Joshua, you've been waiting 40 years for this. Right? Uh, Joshua, you've been up in the mountain having... A pretty close encounter with the man of God for for many years. Joshua, you're the you're the one that heard the music down in the valley that sounded like the noise of war. Joshua, you were there the whole time, having inside track. What do you mean? Why have you brought us over at all? What what are we even doing here? Joshua is asking. You know what brings dismay? Doubt. Doubt brings dismay. You know what? If they had stayed, follow this, if they had stayed on the other, other side of Jordan, they would have been disobedient. They were told to go over Jordan. They were led by God. They were told by Moses. They were obeying a 40-year late command to go over Jordan. But when dismay comes in, you question. Do you ever feel like God has led you into a trap? You ever feel that way? I think the apostles did one time when they got on the ship. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And then he goes to sleep. And they're rowing and fighting and scared they're going to die. Joshua is openly, openly questioning God's leading. It would have been better if we had stayed where we were. You know, doubt can, can cause you to say some pretty, pretty dumb things. Martha said this, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. If you would have been here, I, I know he would be still alive. What it was like for Martha when she found out he waited four days. Doubt can do that. Uh, here's another one, depression. And don't, don't worry, I, I'm purposely making you feel a little bit dismayed right now. Uh, look, if you would, verse 9. It's the only time this word is in the Bible. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ. Wow. Environ. Have you heard that at all? Is that a prefix for anything? <laughs> what an environment. What is he saying? We're surrounded. We're surrounded. I, don't I want to take you there, but you remember 2 Kings chapter 6. When Elisha the prophet 
is telling the, the, the words that the king of Israel is speaking in his bedchamber. Remember that? And so he sends men over there to spy out where he was, and he said, fetch him. And they said, behold, he's in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. For one man, I'm going to take Elisha out. And he compassed the city about, surrounding the city with these horses and these chariots and this great host. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city with both horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? It reminds me of what Joshua was saying here in his dismayed state. How shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. Does that sound familiar as well? For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, if Elisha would have stopped right there and God had not delivered, <laughs> then, then the servant would have, would have thought he was out of his mind. What do you mean there's more with us than them? I can see them, right? I can see them. They're compassing the city. Next verse. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, that he may see. What happened? The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. <laughs> I like that. And he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots, What's the next two words? Of fire. Do you think horses of fire and chariots of fire are a little bit better than regular horses? I think so. I'll take those. Give me the horses of fire, please. Those were around the material, physical, human host was the spiritual host. And Joshua says, we are environed. They have surrounded us. That's depression. Depression has that idea of squeezing you in. For many years, uh, um, well-meaning Christians have denied the existence of depression in a Christian's life. And I think that is unfortunate. And, And I won't go into it, but there are times where people are physically and mentally depressed, and we have tried to apply spiritual things to it. And sometimes they need medical attention. It's just the truth. And sometimes people find themselves in a place where they feel that closed-in way. And I'm not saying God can't deliver them, but there are some times where it needs to be something physical. But in this case, Joshua is surrounded in his mind by them. By the way, there, there wasn't a ton in Ai... Not compared to Jericho, but what he was hearing in his mind was what everyone was saying about Israel. And so it was closing in. I want you to see there's another thing that brings dismay. We're almost finished here. And that is death and disease. 36 men in verse 5 are killed. Can you imagine Joshua walking by those corpses? This is my fault. This is my fault. These 36 men are dead because I didn't lead the right way. What happened? I don't get it. This is, this is terrible. What, what, what do we tell their wives? What do we tell their kids? 
This is the nation of Israel. We have the God of the universe on our side. And 36 men are laying out here? It can bring dismay. There's another one in verse 9. It's, it's really just kind of a disturbance in his mind because notice he says at the end, and cut off our name from the earth, and what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Lord, we have a reputation, but God, you have one too. You have one too. Joshua is discouraged even about the testimony of God in the nation. You see how low he's gotten, how, where it's taken him down. And I'm saying, I'm sure within the sound of my voice, there's someone here tonight, maybe online, maybe here in our midst, that uh, you're, you're, you're just dismayed. Maybe even right now. There's, there's something that has brought you low. God does not want you to stay there. I want to ask us this question in our last point. How do we recover from being dismayed? Look at verse 10. Uh, the Lord says things pretty clear sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't, but sometimes he does. Verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Now, some, like I said, sometimes God is, is, is different. When Elijah was out there under the juniper tree, the Lord said, here's some food from the ravens, here's some water, go back to sleep. He wakes up, here's some more food, go back to sleep. That was discouragement. This is dismay. Now, Joshua had heard a command straight out of the lips of the angel of the Lord, don't be dismayed. So I ask you, was, was Joshua in sin? Maybe a trick question, maybe not. I think he was because of what the Lord told him to do here in this verse. Get thee up. Why? There's sin in the camp. I don't need you to pray and put dust on your head right now. You've disobeyed my command. I need you to get up and I need you to take care of some things. Now, you can't stay down, Joshua. Why? Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? I told you not to go there. Don't be dismayed. You can't stay there. You see, I'm sure Joshua thought this. I'd really like to stay here. I got to go out and face families that lost their dad. I got to go face the shame of the nation. I got to go out there and have people say, you're no Moses. I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay right here. You ever been there as a parent, as a spouse? I don't want to deal with this. As an employee, I'd like to just stay right here. Facing disease, facing death, facing the things that happen in life. I, I think it would be nice if I could just stay right here. But one of the problems is, God told you not to do that. I'm not saying not be humble. I'm not saying you don't pray. I'm saying when God says don't be dismayed, you obey that command first. Because he was already told not to do it. Get up. Get up. But I like being here, God. No. You can't stay there. You got to get up. You were down, Joshua. You, you dealt with the issue, but now you got to get up. You were discouraged. Now it's time for you to be encouraged. You were confused. Now it's time for clarity. You're, you're hopeless, but now it's time to rekindle a flame of hope. 
and you were depressed, now it's time to show some faith. You were dismayed, Joshua, but now the work of God and the will of God must continue. Turn over to Joshua chapter 8. Joshua chapter 8, we're almost finished here. And the Lord said in verse 1 unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou what? Aren't you thankful, and I imagine Joshua was, to hear those words of comfort again? I just want to say it to you again, Joshua, don't be dismayed. Now, he dealt with the sin, and this was horrific for the family of Achan. God meted judgment out because he meant what he said. But now, he comes back to him and says, hey, get up. Don't be dismayed. It's a personal responsibility for Joshua to get up. God could have lifted Joshua up off the ground. He's been known to do that. But he said, get yourself up. I'm going to give you some practical ways to get up from being dismayed. Uh, uh, For fathers tomorrow morning, for for mothers, for spouses, for, for, for teenagers, for college students who blew it again. Number one, you got to see God in your story. The Bible says in Psalm 90, verse 9, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. You're telling a story, right? If dismay is in your chapter, turn the page. Remember those children's books when you were kids, when you hear the sound of, you turn the page. We would listen for those. See God in your story. Whatever God has allowed in your life, God has allowed. Be it man, be it Satan. God has allowed it. They're under God's purview. Both man and Satan are under God's purview. And by the grace of his, by his grace, he allows man not to be a robot, but to make their own choices. Thereby, you have a choice. Don't be dismayed. Number two, first see God in your story. Number two, study the scriptures. You know, the Bible says that uh, faith, 231 times the word faith is mentioned in the word of God. Where does faith come from in the first place? By hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. Hope is mentioned 121 times. I, I, I read a story about uh, Charles Spurgeon one evening. He was riding home and, and uh, Spurgeon was an incredible, incredible preacher, incredible pastor, but often struggled with depression. And he was riding home one day and a heavy, uh, after a heavy day's lo- load, and he, he felt really weary and depressed, he said. And he, suddenly he felt this lightning flash of thought come through his mind. It was 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for thee, the Lord gave him. And he started laughing out loud. He said... This really seemed to make unbelief so absurd. He said, it it was though I, I, I was some little fish being very thirsty and I was troubled about drinking the river dry. And the river said, drink away, little fish. My stream is sufficient for thee. He said, it was like maybe a seven years of plenty and a mouse feared that it would die in a famine. Joseph might say, Cheer up, little mouse. My granaries are sufficient for thee. Or man upon a mountain saying to himself, I feel I shall exhaust all of the oxygen in the atmosphere. 
But the earth might say, breathe away, man, and fill thy lungs ever. My atmosphere is sufficient for thee. Little faith, he said, brings our souls to heaven. But great faith brings heaven to us. Study the scriptures. Supplicate. Pray for someone else as heavy as you pray for yourself. Be sensitive to the Lord and his spirit. Don't be carnal when you're dismayed. You've had a defeat, and so you just run to the flesh. At least you can feel a little reprieve from that. No. Uh, Before we close, go to Joshua 10. This is an important point. How do you get up from dismay? You speak to others that are. You know one of the reasons why God will lift you up? Is so you can lift up someone else. Selfish Christians will die. Look at Joshua chapter 10. Look at verse 25. It says this. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of a good courage. For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. Joshua got up and Joshua said, Get up. And that's what God might want you to do as well. I don't have time to take you there, but there's a time in the life of Jesus Christ where he was dismayed. He fell down, the Bible tells us. He sweat great drops of blood. He cried to his Father on our behalf. And then he got up. And he went to the cross. And he bled and he died on behalf of the entire universe. The world he died for and paid for those sins of mankind. And he was down. And I believe that all of the imps of hell surrounded him to try to discourage him from fulfilling his father's will. And he said, not my will, but thine be done. He didn't stay dismayed, but he went to the cross. And I'm going to say something to you. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Aren't you thankful he didn't stay down? He arose. And with the help of God, you and I, can also not be dismayed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for a chance to speak it. Pray that you would bless the preaching of it, and may you use it in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name we pray.